You're listening to The Great Coaches Podcast. Hi everyone, Paul here, and just a quick message from me to let you know that if you are looking to improve the performance of your team, no matter whether it is a work, sporting, or community one, then we've developed some tools to help. On the website, you will find our Thriving Teams Diagnostic, which uses insights from the more than 200 great coaches we have interviewed to challenge you with a series of questions to help you understand how your team is performing. It's free and only takes a few minutes to complete. If you'd like to know more, you can check out our website, thegreatcoachespodcast.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the Lessons from the Great Coaches podcast. I've learned that you don't do it alone. You learn so many different things from so many different coaches. That's an elite learning environment. Failure is not a problem. How you deal with it is a problem. How to be resilient. How important it is to infuse joy in the process of learning. To be a good coach, you've got to get more than you take. What an interesting life it is to be a leader. My name is Paul Barnett, and you are listening to The Great Coaches Podcast, where we explore leadership through the lens of high-performance sport, by interviewing great coaches from around the world to try and find ideas to help all of us lead our teams better. We started this podcast because we wanted to have better conversations with our families around the dinner table. In a social media world where the goal is often to be the star of the show, we wanted to change the conversation and talk more about selflessness, leadership and responsibility. And the people we knew who best exhibited these qualities were great sports coaches. As the podcast has grown, the great coaches we have interviewed have shared so much insight and wisdom that we decided to create episodes dedicated entirely to the lessons that have resonated with us the most. Today's episode is on the topic of coaching philosophy, and it features audio quotes from a large selection of coaches that we have interviewed from around the world. The Lessons from the Great Coaches Podcast. We often ask the great coaches we interview about their philosophy. And with such hard-won wisdom behind them, their answers are always fascinating, from a focus on helping the individual to be the best version of themselves, through to approaching life through the lens of being marginally better every day. One common theme that many of them mention, though, is that before you can articulate your philosophy, you need to understand your purpose, the why behind your decision to coach. Here is basketball coach Brenda Kirkpatrick-Brown explaining this. I think in any profession, in any industry, your philosophy has to be first connecting with your purpose of why you're there. You're there for a reason. And I fully believe that in any situation. Why am I here? What am I supposed to learn? How am I supposed to impact? Once they have their purpose, their philosophy can be grouped into key areas to guide their coaching. Here is the boxing coach, Eddie Bolger, explaining the key areas of his philosophy. 
the four key areas in my opinion or my, my philosophy or is what I always focus on is to be a world-class boxer. You need to be mentally strong, physically strong, a good lifestyle and technically and tactically developed. Now as a club coach and as a young coach, you think you must do all this, but it's so much better when you, when you can avail of experts and when you lead the program, get these experts in to help you lead the program and help everybody push in the right direction. The golf coach, Steve Bann, also explained the key pillars of his coaching program to us. Philosophy, I, I would pride myself on saying that I'm holistic, being that golf is made up of technical, physical, mental, tactical and life skills outside of all of that. So there's the big, there's the big five. And, uh, and I, I, I've never tried to lock myself into being a method coach where this is the method that I coach and everyone has to fit and, and swing it the same way. The iconic cycling coach, Charlie Walsh, explained that your philosophy defines you as a coach and guides the decisions that you make. And I've said to those other guys that are starting out on their coaching career, get your philosophy right because that will define you as a coach. All of the decisions you make and what you achieve will come from your philosophy. And you need to be very careful. Don't let people take you away from that philosophy. The coaching legend, Neil Craig, builds on this idea by saying that you need to be firm in your coaching philosophy so that you don't become inconsistent when under pressure. And so the scrutiny of the job uh, and the results. So, you know, it's all of a sudden, I mean, you work for a, a big, big company, but I don't get to read about your performance on the back page of the Times, you know, whereas I do about Eddie Jones. And so it adds another layer to your capacity to you know, to better perform your role and to be clear thinking because there's, um, there's a justification. You have to justify uh, about why you do things. And sometimes that's, you know, the role of the media, you know, is, uh, is really interesting. And it's di- diverting from your, your question a bit, but in a lot of ways the media keeps you accountable because they'll ask the question, well, why did you do that? Or why is your team not performing? Or why is uh, this individual player being allowed to do what he's doing? And, this is where, unless you know yourself as a coach and, you know, the common term now being, you know, unless you have a, a really clear philosophy, you'll get caught out really quickly. You'll become, you'll be, you'll be seen as very wishy-washy because you haven't thought things through. When it comes to developing your coaching philosophy, many of the great coaches we have interviewed talk about learning from their mentors. Here is swimming coach Rowan Taylor. I think at the time I was really trying to find a philosophy around what's my coaching purpose or when I work with an athlete, what am I trying to achieve? And really what he gave me is the advice around to look at the athlete as an individual, to look at their strengths and weaknesses. Basically, you're trying to develop a program that's going to enhance their strengths and work on their weaknesses. But enhancing their strengths was really important. And not, not every athlete was the same. So what it made me do is look at my program from a more a dynamic point of view that if I had 10 athletes in the pool, I'd have to be having 10, roughly 10 programs operating within one, which is, which is a very big challenge. But many of the great coaches also stress that while it's important to surround yourself with good mentors to learn from, 
You can't imitate another coach. You have to be authentic to your own style. Here is NBA coach Jenny Busek. I think one of the things about all the great leaders that I've been around is that they have a great sense of, of self. You can lead a lot of different ways with a lot of different personalities. I've seen a lot of different leadership styles be successful, but you have to be true first and foremost to who you are and not try to be anybody else. And I think that's a tricky thing, especially for young leaders, because you've been influenced probably by a very good leader and it's a tendency to just want to be like them, but it may not be who you are. And and actually, Mike D'Antoni shared something with me when I was getting ready to go into my first head coaching job and I was young. I was 30, 31 years old. At that time, I was going to be the youngest head coach in professional sports in the United States. He was coaching the, the great Phoenix Suns team with Steve Nash, and they were on a great run there and happened to connect with him through some interesting circumstances. That's another story. But he, he really took me under his wing and he said some things to me and, and imparted some things to me especially in regards to leadership that stuck out. He was a player's coach. He was known for that. And his style was very different, especially at that time to most NBA coaches. He said this to me, you have to know who you are. I'm a player's coach. I'm a relational coach. And, but when you are different to the, the norm, you have less margin for error, but it's still critical that you are true to who you are. And so it made me think really going into that first head coaching job for the first time, like really, really think like, okay, who am I? What has been my leadership style up to this point as a player, as an assistant coach? And how can I commit to being intentional and staying true to that through thick and thin, just hearing from him how critical that was in that consistency of self-awareness. So that, that will be a big one. Gary Kirsten was both a champion cricketer and a World Cup winning coach, and he builds on this idea of authenticity by explaining his philosophy was built from his own experiences as an athlete. Coaching for me is you're dealing with human beings. There's so much of an art to it rather than there's a set of principles or a set of rules that you need to abide by. I've been fairly well researched in a lot of the great sports leaders of our time and really take a lot out of each one of them one way or another that could be of value to me as a coach. But the one thing I realized in doing the kind of research is every story was a different story. I mean, the way Alex Ferguson led Manchester United compared to the way Pep Guardiola led Barcelona are very different but very equally powerful stories, which made me realize you've actually got to formulate your own way. And my way has got to link up to my value system. It's got to link up to my personality and my style of leadership. A lot of my philosophy was built along my own personal journey and experiences as a player. And I always thrived in an environment where there was safety. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. 
Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Your coaching philosophy becomes the very essence of what you stand for as a leader. And with the best coaches, it can be distilled into a simple sentence or paragraph. Here is the South African rugby coach, Heineke Meyer, describing his philosophy. So my coaching philosophy is I was in the army and I was a PTI instructor. Just after I've studied, we had to go to the army. And a lot of the younger guys, I was a little older. A lot of the younger guys, 18, 19 years old, I was 23, 24, a little bit more mature. They couldn't wait to get into the new recruits and kill them and just let them run. And one of the generals said something that always resonated with me and I always remember. He said, you know what? You're working with somebody else's kid. And those days we were young, but then later on I had three boys so my coaching philosophy is, is very simple. Players are not always going to love you. They're not always going to like you. Obviously, the guys you pick is going to like you more. But my coaching philosophy is more that you have to handle players the way you want people to handle your kids. And sometimes I drop them just to get them back on track. But I think that you have to have a coaching philosophy as a young coach and as a leader. Because if you stand for nothing, you're going to fall for everything. And that's what I believe in. You have to really serve and, and help people to make their dreams come true. One common theme that emerges when great coaches describe their philosophy is the principle of their coaching program being athlete-centred and coach-driven. Here is basketball coach Rob Beveridge expanding on this. And when you look at the really successful organisations, generally speaking, like I've done research into Google, you've looked into to really successful organisations, they, they look after their staff. So they, they recruit really good people that are really good at their jobs and you empower them to do their jobs. So I, I, I believe that you put your players in a really good, positive, fun, healthy culture that they're going to thrive. Where, on the other hand, if there's going to be the players walking on eggshells or your staff where, where they're getting micromanaged, they're getting questioned, all of those things, if you're looking over your shoulder all the time, it's really hard to perform to your optimum. So that's why I believe that you've got to have a, a real positive, healthy culture environment for them to thrive. And that, that, that's, that's the, the success that I've had is that when I've had organisations that back me, support me, and we work together, it's really important that my philosophy is athlete-centred, it's coach-driven, and it's a ministry-supported. Another common theme that comes through is philosophies that are centred on building responsibility, ownership, and accountability, particularly in programs that have a large number of athletes. Here is the Australian national table tennis coach, Jens Lang, talking about this. That was, that certainly, if you ask me, if you ask me the question, okay, what's the backbone of your philosophy in coaching, then it is definitely something where the, the, um, the above the line and below the line behavior, where you say above the line, responsibility, ownership, accountability, below the line is um, blame, excuse, denial. And that's also what I've always tried to yeah, really instill into, in particular, my junior athletes, Throughout your career, throughout your life, not only in table tennis, but also in life, you try to always stay above the line, you know, take responsibility and ownership for your own actions. That includes your performance on the table and, um, yeah, all other aspects in life. The soccer coach, Lisa Fallon, 
builds on this idea by talking about her philosophy of trying to create a coaching environment where the people in the team are empowered to make decisions for themselves. I've worked in different environments where they were really empowering, where people could make decisions and be trusted and be accountable. And I've been in environments where it was very prescriptive and it was very set and there was not really any room for creativity. And I personally found that being in an environment where you could be creative, where you could apply things suited me better. So what I learned about that was, is that my style is a more creative and decision-making as opposed to prescriptive. And prescriptive leadership works really well in certain environments and it's needed in certain environments. And sometimes you have to apply that in your own environment. But, um, but certainly from, from my natural style, what it did was it, it taught me to understand that when players are on the pitch, it's their decisions. They have to be able to make the decisions. So I can't make the decisions for them, nor should I. So my philosophy is that to try and create environments where they make the decisions for themselves and believe in the decisions. And then if the decision isn't the right one, can they learn from that so that the next time they have to make a decision The idea of a coaching philosophy that empowers people is also expressed as helping them be the best version of themselves, a phrase that we have heard repeatedly, and it infers an approach to coaching that is tailored to the individual. Here is Jenny Busick again expressing this idea. The better you are, the better we are, as long as your pursuit of me is for the we. But it was just about how it's not mutually exclusive. Like, we all should be striving to be the best version of ourselves, but the, the greatest of the greats understand that everything that we've been given is to give away for the greater good. And that's where the beauty in life really comes because it's not about being better than anybody else. It's about being the best version of themselves. And there's a strength and a freedom that comes in that motivation. Learning to appreciate the people in the team and not feeling like you need to micromanage everything is also a theme many coaches discuss. The gold medal winning water polo coach Istvan Gurgeny sums this up well when asked about his philosophy. I think everywhere the role is the coach to prepare the players. You were asking about philosophy. You have to prepare the players for a long, long time and also to help them through a competition. But they have to play the game. You you can you you can see coaches screaming and yelling at the and the uh, side of the pitch, but the players don't hear it. So if you don't didn't prepare the the, the team, they have to react in in, in seconds, even uh, very short times, and immediately. So. You, can, you have to teach patterns, they understand, so they all play the same, uh, they, they all, all know the same language of the game. I, I used to say to my players that the game is like jazz, that everyone has to play the, the tune and one player can always improvise, but if everyone improvises, it's like a, a cacophony. So, so what you do, you really teach 
or you work out, choose together with the team. I say work out because the players are your partners. They know extremely well their, their craft and you have to appreciate their knowledge and then they will appreciate you. That, that's, that's my philosophy. The final coaching philosophy that has been most prevalent with our guests is the idea of marginal gains. When you try to create a coaching environment where people are getting better every day. Here is the cricket coach Mark Coles who explains his approach to being 1% better every day. There is no such word as failure. No such word. And every day if you can be 1% better then you're going to be a better human being and you're going to be better at your sport or whatever your love is. And I just think that that's probably a really important message. I, you never wish that you could go back, but I've got an 11-year-old young lady now and a 17-year-old daughter as well. And I look at them and I they're starting to get into some sport and sometimes you hear them say, I can't do that or I'm not. And I just say, no, there's no such thing as can't. You take away the tea, it's can you just got to be the best that you can be and try and be 1% better every day. And I think, you know, if, you, if you're trying to be one, and everybody knows, people will say, 1% better? Well, I can be 5% better. You know what? Great. I only asked for 1%. And most people can do 1%. And I just think that that's such a great message to give to the kids and adults and teens and everything. And another cricket coach, the world record holder, John Buchanan, talking about creating a challenging environment to help people improve. So for me, just never being satisfied, always trying to make sure that there's room for improvement, creating environments that I said before that are really challenging and stimulating and, and take people outside their comfort zone so that they're, in a sense, fitting them out to be a better player into the future, as well as obviously trying to deal with today. So all those things were wrapped up into, I guess, a philosophy and an approach. And perhaps the final thought on coaching philosophy is that it is not something that will be rigid over your whole career. It is something that will grow and evolve as both you and the expectations of your team develop. Here is the World Championship winning ice hockey coach, Slavomir Lena, explaining this. But my philosophy had to change because the last decade, a lot of players, they just play hockey. They start when they are five, six, seven years old, and their moms, they drive them to the arena, they carry their bags, they tie their skates, and then they skate for 15 minutes. If it's not a good coach, then he's standing in the corners for 40 minutes. So all the kid does all day long for from 24 hours, it's maybe 15 minutes moving on the ice somehow. And that's why we are preaching right now to, and we are strongly recommending all the players and the parents to let the kids through some other activities, other sports, other games, because the previous generations, there has been a lot of spontaneous movement. It was three times a week, one hour practice, maybe one game, Saturday or Sunday. But other than that, uh, four, five, six, seven hours a day, every all those Jagers and Rikos and Ruchinskis and you name it, Hasheks, they've done everything on their own. I know we cannot get that back. It's not that anymore. We hope you enjoyed our episode on coaching philosophy and found one or two things that you can bring to your own dinner table, locker room or boardroom table for discussion. The key lessons I have taken away on the topic of coaching philosophy from our interview guests are that the first step 
in articulating your coaching philosophy is to understand why you want to coach in the first place. Your philosophy then becomes the main pillars of your coaching program and helps guide you as the team develops. And lastly, you should be able to summarise your coaching philosophy in a sentence or two as a way of communicating to others the essence of what you are trying to build with the team. Here at the Great Coaches Podcast, we are always trying to learn, so please let us know if you have any feedback. Just like Badminton Diary, who kept it simple by saying, keep up the good work. Thanks, Badminton Diary. The interaction with the people around the world who listen gives us great energy. And so if you have any feedback or comments, please let us know. All the details on how to connect with us are in the show notes or on our website, thegreatcoachespodcast.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.